is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Uh, well, many of us, uh, if not all of us who are tuned in, are aware of the quote-unquote Walder case and have been horrified by the um, news that has been uh, made public over the last few weeks regarding uh, what so many in our community have been through. None of this is a uh, is a surprise, unfortunately. None of this is foreign to Rabbi Yanki Horowitz, uh, who is um, uh, probably the person who has been most outspoken and has stood side-by-side side with so many abuse victims in our community worldwide over the last many, many years. And um, we felt the need after everything that had been going on um, the stories that have been coming out, the uh, the Besden that was convened, the subsequent suicide, uh, Walder taking his own life, uh, big effort in the community to get rid of his books, big effort in the community, I hope, we'll find out in a minute, to help his victims. After all this, we thought it would be a good time to check in with Rabbi Horowitz and find out what's happening. By the way, uh, as I introduce Rabbi Yanki Horowitz, I do want to mention that uh, he literally posted... Um, last night that he's taking a 36-hour break from any Walder conversation except to help uh, actual victims of abuse. And uh, therefore, with that in mind, I want to thank him for setting aside time for us during this uh, short moratorium. Rabbi Horowitz, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. It's always a pleasure. I've been on your program over so many years, it's just delightful to be back. Thank you so much. I appreciate that very much. And why a 36-hour moratorium, and why do we become the exception? Well, I made a prior commitment to you, and I I readjusted it because I'm speaking to the... Um, we're doing a, um, at the same time, I'm doing a, um, a meeting with a lot of Rabbanim in Europe tomorrow at the same time, so I didn't want to say no to you, and uh, here I am. Okay. Um, you know, I declared the moratorium because it was really dragging on me, and um, a few people called me. I posted a video about about abuse survivors and what I think we need to do, and a few of my good friends called me and said, Yankee, you look terrible. So um, I decided to uh, I decided to take a look at it. There, you know, there was a suicide of a victim of, of his in, in Israel, you know, right, uh, shortly after, you know, like a day after he, he killed himself. And... Um, there was terrible, terrible trauma uh, on so many victims here um, all around the world, and uh, I was really concerned. I was really, really concerned for for their emotional, the emotional well-being of, uh, of the survivors. So um, I just, you know, did what I could, you know, on a personal level, but mostly publicly to try to get people to support, to publicly support uh, the, the, the survivors. You know, uh, Eli Wiesel, in his, um, in his acceptance speech when he won the Nobel Prize, he said that uh, silence always benefits the, the tormentor and never the tormented. Yeah. So if you're neutral, if you're neutral, you're helping, you know, you're really helping the, the abuser, not actively, but that's what we need to stand there. You know, Nahum, it's, it's so sad that we keep, Seeing the same, you know, the same attributes since the beginning of time, since the son of the mayor of Shem, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, assaulted Dina, Yaakov's daughter, 
it's the, the powerful have taken advantage of the weak. And here you have it again. And and it's the same with Bill Cosby. It's in every culture and every environment. I think since the world, you know, since the world, <laughs> the, the world existed. And, and, and that's why good people, these people, the vast majority, have to stand. I'm begging all the listeners, stand with the deep divide. Any platform you have, you have a social media group, you're on, you're on social media, you have influence, even among your friends. Um, get up there and say something to support victims. If you know someone who's a survivor, check up on them, call up, ask how they're doing. Um, and that imbalance of power, that, that image that went around the, the internet of a thousand people at Waldorf's funeral and, and you know, 20 at the, the, the young lady in the hotel herself. Um, it was a dagger in everybody's heart. It was just so sad. That's again the imbalance of power showing, um, ha- you know, hammering it home for survivors. Yeah, Rabbi Yanki Horowitz is with us. Uh, so many things to to unpack here with you. Um, high profile author, many many years. High profile therapist. Uh, obviously, I assume the the majority, if not all, of the abuse happened under those circumstances. Why did it take so long? For our community to find out about him, uh, I, I don't want to use the word "cover up," but if there was one, then please let us know. But, but in general, why does it take so long to find out when someone is doing so much damage in our community? So, I mean, you can ask the same question about uh, Roger Ailes or Bill Cosby or any of the ones in this. There was a huge abuse uh, in 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 Australia, in, in the UK a few years ago in the second community. It's everywhere, nothing. It's everywhere. It's part of the human condition. Um, if any of you, for any of your listeners are, are interested, just do a Google search for the halo effect. And, you know, it's really important that parents, in addition to getting um, child safety education and sharing it with your children to understand the dynamics because um, this keeps repeating itself. And the halo effect means that basically when you have an impression about someone, you think that everything they do is perfect or makes sense. Um, you see a wealthy person and, you know, you hear, you, 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 you uh, you assume that they're making all great financial investments, right? right that's true. Uh, you know, you, you, you tend to, that's what the halo effect is. And when right. some, and what the saddest thing is when you look back forensically, they were doing bizarre things. I don't know anything about this particular case, but I, I guarantee you without a, without a moment's hesitation, without a doubt, that he was doing flagrant violations of boundaries in public. And, and people thought, oh, uh, you know, well, Walter, you know, yeah. so people assume that either they, they would already have stopped this. Let's say, let's say there were useless violations or, or, you know, he's secluding himself with clients or, or, or women. You can't get away with this, this amount of garbage for so long without people being numb to it or people just assuming that it's okay. If not, they would stop it. That's 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 the message. One of the most important messages publicly is that we should stop looking away from who's doing what. No, I'm sorry, from who's doing things and look at what they're doing. Ignore the garb, ignore the outside, ignore the plaques on their walls. 
if you see someone behaving inappropriately, speak up. So is, that's so, my message. So is it not only the victims that that have this halo effect, or is it not only the victims that are affected by the halo effect, but it could be leaders and supervisors and people in leadership positions in our community who also are victims, quote-unquote, of that halo effect, or it's different in their case? It's especially them. It's especially them. That because this person is their colleague or their friend or their... You know, and they can and they can you, never you see, see them, they can never see themselves doing something like that. So there's no way that person who's their colleague or friend. Right, can right, 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 right. Again, it's so important, folks, that you understand that. You know, um, I, I, it's so important that the dynamic because it keeps repeating itself that that we see things and you look at those and say, why didn't anybody say anything? And the answer is because you make assumptions. You make assumptions, and, and another another term to look up, folks, is institutional grooming. Uh, yes, if it's the people, you know, the leaders, uh, grooming is when they groom a child to break down their defenses. Institutional grooming means that abusers do things in public that 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 groom the entire community to say that they couldn't be doing this with their. Or, or whatever they do, they have a strange way of doing things. Another great read is um, if you have a board, I, I don't know if you have any uh, digital communication, I'll be glad to send you some links to sure. send out to the public. Sure, of course. We have a free, we have a free nine-minute safety video that's on YouTube. We have one with Hebrew subtitles that we just made. That we added on that just like three, four years ago. Um, there's so many good resources out there that are free. So there's a, there's my number one recommendation to parents to read about grooming is In Plain View by Malcolm Gladwell, the guy who wrote Tipping Point and Link and right. Outlier. Right. It's a 45, 5,500-word essay in, in the New Yorker magazine, and it was a brilliant um, breakdown of Jerry Sandusky in Penn State University right. with that Joe Paterno scandal. Right. And he writes, how he got away with him, and it's the same. It's the same pattern again and again and again. Rabbi Yanki Horowitz is with us, um, talking about the Walder case and its aftermath. You have—I um, I can only imagine—that um, this case, with its high profile and uh, and with all the news about it over the last few weeks, has encouraged uh, victims. Um, to reveal themselves as victims. Now, you're somebody uh, who's been extremely helpful. You're somebody who stands by the side of victims in really tough situations, including situations where your life is threatened for supporting them. Have you heard from many people in that category over the last few weeks? Um, That funeral stopped a lot of it. It makes the it makes the um, folks who are already abuse survivors and, and public and those who are thinking of coming forward, um, just like that fundraiser from Nehemi Weberman, was, I believe it was a clear message to the, to the public out there. Hey, listen, folks, we're supporting. We're, we're with this guy. You know? and, that, um, and, 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 and that suppresses one's desire to make their situation public because they think it's hopeless. Would you, would, would, you, would you, you know, if you see something, you, you see like, if you see 
you know, the mayor of, of, of B'nai Brak going to his funeral. And I may have spoke, I think, at his funeral. And, you know, and you see, you see well-connected people. That's a message. That's a message that's sent to the public. I would say, say people, abuse survivors are probably less likely to come out now and then more likely. It's the ones that are just suffering in silence. And when they see something like this, Oh my God! When they see this uh, uh, public expression of support for someone who, who brutally, brutally abused so many people, um, it's a dagger in their heart, and it, it lets them know that you know you're not going to get supported if you come forward. You got the mayor here, all the pe- people who know people. This is why we have to stand. This, I said in the video, we have to do what Shimon and Levi. I'm not saying God to do that. You know the violence. You know that they killed the city of Shem, but. They have to stay. They stood with their sister, and they, you know, my 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 take on the whole situation there is Yaakov tells them when he came back after when they freed Dina. Yaakov says, "You embarrass me, and you 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 embarrass us, and you're going to get us killed." And they said, "Achzani sister Zaina." And Rashi doesn't use the literal translation. Rashi says, "Hefker, ownerless." Um, that as if something is an object in public, you know, that someone gives up on is considered hefka. It's not, it's, it's not owned by anybody. Nobody, nobody's, uh, nobody, uh, it's, it's, it's nobody's property. It's nobody just opens for the public to take. And my my understanding is, it, 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 Rashi doesn't do alternative translation unless there's a real good, really good reason. And I think that Rashi was explaining that what they said hefka, my sister is not hefka. They didn't mean they weren't talking when they said Zion, I meant, Excuse me. They weren't saying that our sister has high moral standards. That's not what she was talking about. They were talking about. They said that you can't do this with our sister. It's not okay. And we're gonna we're gonna stand with her, and we're going to put down our lives for her. So how do we, so how do we deal? And specifically, how does someone like you uh, deal with? leaders in our community who are not ready to take a stand like that because I, I would think that could shake one's faith to the core when they see religious leaders in our community not ready to make that commitment to help somebody who's uh, been abused. Well, you know, I, I do what I think is right, and I, I, I try to stay focused on what I can do in my sphere of influence um, and, you know, mostly I've been, I, uh, we spoke about, you know, 20 years ago, 18 years ago, when, when the you know, advocates were speaking, people felt we lost our minds, you know, uh, and, but this, I mean, it's not the case anymore. You know, most of the rabbis, do, you know, do support abuse survivors and, and <clears throat> you know, and, and. Yeah, you know, I, I do what I do. I do what I think is right. Nice. You, you, you even said to me off the air, and I'll, I'll, I'll be careful how I say this. Cause I'm not sure if it was meant for the air, but, but you, you even alluded to me <laughs> off the air that you felt that until his suicide, most, most people in the public sphere, from every uh, area of, of, of let's call it religious observance. No, I can't think of a better term right now. We're handling it pretty well. Canceling him out. Absolutely. Right. Canceling him I out. I wrote that publicly, by the way. I wrote and said it publicly. I said, until his suicide, it was 10 steps forward. I, I, it, was, it was incredibly, incredibly quick and incredibly across the board. And, and you know, it's, his biggest sphere of influence was in B'nai Brak, you know, among the Haredi non-Hasidish community. That, right. was his, that was his space. 
And those folks took him off the Ated and, you know, stopped writing in the Ated. He had a radio show that they canceled, and his books were taken off. I'm already guessed, God bless him, he should yep. be debenched. Yep. Um, go, go go to Eichel's online to buy your Svarim. <laughs> go to, I don't know, there's a bar park store there. He took a gutsy move, and it, I'm, he, I'm sure he put uh, six figures on the line, possibly in lawsuits and other things, you know, by, by doing that. But but Feltin pulled it off. They, 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 I'm sure it was much, much more money for them. I spoke to one of the heads there and complimented him on it. And, you know, everything was perfect. I think that's what was so devastating about it. That's what was so devastating about it. And, and like, when the survivors see that, that, that look, it's really going right. My goodness, look. People are taking it seriously. It's getting better. And then, bang. And that's what, I think that's what it was, that people were, were feeling good. That it was, and, and, and you know, I, I keep telling people privately and publicly that we took, you know, many steps forward with that first two, three weeks. Right. And this was a big step backwards, but we're, we're going to continue to go forward. This is going in one direction only. Rabbi Yanki Horowitz is with us. All right, there are a couple of practical things we need to speak about in light of all this, because what, what, what purpose is there for you and I to discuss this on the air if it won't help somebody out there? First of all, I, I assume you've seen this. Um, there's a letter circulating from a specific school uh, advising parents how to deal with this whole issue. And the letter, which I'm not going to read verbatim, uh, essentially advises uh, limited information, advises that parents should be very sketchy, as the kids would say, and how they describe what happened in the Walder case and how it might apply to their own families. I'd have to assume you've seen the letter, and I have to assume that you think that that is completely the opposite way of dealing with it. Well, I can assure you that every abuser who saw that letter um, poured themselves a l'chaim and and took a drink to tip tip their hat to it. Um, That's exactly what we should not be doing exactly what we should not be doing. Um, I'm not going to speak to the letter, you know, whatever. Right, I, I right. didn't respond that right. way, but I'm telling you what we should do. This is a teachable moment, parents. Uh, I wrote it when there was an Anthony Weiner scandal and other things like this. When something goes on in the public and your children are talking about it, and most, <laughs> it's funny enough because like <laughs> most most parents, they, you know, they they meet each other, you, you, your friends, you know. And, and you say, did your kids ask you? No. Did your kids ask you? No. <laughs> Great. Right? But they're talking about it. Yeah. So it's the best time. This is the time to talk about it. When your children talk about it, don't say, Lashon Hara, I, I'm sorry, it's an obscene distortion of Lashon Hara to say that when children, I'm not saying you should go and publicize every abuse case, and you don't have to talk about it, all of it. But when children are discussing it, to suppress life-saving information because it's distorted it. I mean, you, the dying. Get, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, Rabbi Zimmerman from from uh, who's incredible. I'm across from the Torah scholar in, in the UK. Did a long presentation about it, and he said he gave a lot of extremely harsh language, um, talking about you know uh, using Lashon Hara in this in this situation. So parents speak to your children. Not only that, use this. Why am I throwing the books out? Sweetheart, we thought he was a wonderful person. We made a mistake that happened sometimes, and he did he did bad things to children. So we, we we're disassociating ourselves and we're throwing this stuff out. And that means the important message to you is anybody could do bad things to children, and you should be careful. And here is here's what you need to know about your private space. It's the best segue 
this is the best time we'll have perhaps in your children's lifetime to have a real discussion with them about these things. And I thought it was horrible to suggest that we shouldn't do it. You know something? The fact of the matter is making your children naive makes them vulnerable. And we figured out a way, not we, I mean, child safety education, look at our child safety book. We have a child safety book called Let's Stay Safe. And and Baruch Hashem, we're in 120,000 homes in three languages, and we're doing a campaign now, a big campaign, to put to put a book in every home, and I'm not going to rest until every home, every Jewish home has a, has a child safety book. Um, we'll talk about the details later, but this is the time to educate our children. There is no better time. And 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 we did child safety education. It's not it's not sex education. It's not the birds and the bees. It's the ultimate scheme. That's, that's the ironic thing. People don't understand it. You know, it's okay not to know, but if you don't know, find out. Child safety education is about smears. It's about privacy. It's about teaching children that they have a right to their own space and no one's allowed to make them uncomfortable. What's more tenure than that? What's more modest than that? It's the ultimate smears. So, so use it as an opportunity, especially now, meeting your children, talking about it, talk to them openly and say how sad it is and it's disappointing. And, you know, I, I, I did a, I did a uh, interview with Dr. David Kalkowitz. Um, about about this. Uh, by the way, if you want to look at my YouTube page, uh, uh, so I have a YouTube page at, Yaku, at Yaakov Horowitz. Uh, I, there's about 10, 12 videos on this whole subject. Um, so feel free to, or my social media, Yaakov Horowitz, you know, on Facebook, um, Instagram, um, uh, Twitter, and, and LinkedIn. There's a lot of content there. Um, and, and a woman wrote in, she, I, I took some questions when I was in Jack Puckwitz. Um, after he was off, and a woman said that she, she said, I apologize, Abba Hart, please don't take this wrong, but how could I trust you and Dr. Pelkowitz? <laughs> you hear? Yeah. I'm sorry? Yeah, yeah. You know what I said? No, you know what? what I said? What? I said, don't, don't apologize. That's an excellent question, and there's no bad questions. You can ask anything you want. And the answer is, if trust means that you believe that I'm a person of integrity, and I only mean what I say, and you can't get me to say things if I don't believe in them, that I hope you trust me. And if trust means that you think that when I make decisions, I try to do what's morally correct, that's, that's trust, and I hope that I've earned it. But if trust means that if you see me alone with a, with a 12-year-old girl in the car, then, uh, you know, that's not my child, or you see me doing other flagrant violations of, of boundaries or other things like that, um, don't trust me. Right. Don't trust Dr. Kalkowitz. Don't trust anybody. Right. That's, if, if that's what trust, if trust means ignoring poor behavior in, in, in the boundaries and, and other, uh, um, other rules of engagement, then don't trust that. Of course you shouldn't trust anybody. That, that, and the Gemara, the Chazal said, I would say, just a very wise, respect, right. but be suspicious. Trust but verify, as we used to say in the that, You know, nothing, nothing. I, I tell people, I don't want to give them any ideas. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to let them know. A, a, a woman at a Revitan at a, at a, at a child abuse class, convention class I was giving years ago, she, she said it very respectfully. And I think she said, oh, this is so important. You should be the bench for doing this. But, oh, what is generation that we're talking about these things? You know, right? She was our age, nothing. You know? So yeah. I said, yeah, remember the good old days when they molested kids and they, nobody did anything about it? <laughs> and, and, the, and, the, and those who think it didn't go on, you're fooling yourselves, right? Of course. Of course it went on. We just didn't know about it. 
we didn't know about it. And if, if it seems like it's going on more, it's because these folks who have been doing it for 20 years are getting exposed now. Thank God. This is a messy part of cleaning things up. The Child Safety Initiative, uh, um, centered on the book Let's Stay Safe, and as you said, it's been translated into Hebrew and into Yiddish. So um, uh, what was the reaction when it first came out? I mean, I assume you've been making an effort for years and years to get this into every school and into every home. Actually not. I mean, you know, we've just been, you know, from time to time we push it a little bit. But I was actually, we were actually planning on doing this in, in May and June. That that was the plan. I, I said I wanted to do something. Fifteen years ago, I gave out. No, I'm sorry, fifteen years ago, nine years ago, at, at the Thermosar Convention, I got. I asked one of my trustees for, for to pay for fifteen hundred books, and I wanted to put a book in every preschool class in the country. And I went to the convention. We gave them out, and there was um, an, uh, um, many children came forward and exposed abusers. One was actually arrested. In the yeshiva, and the yeshiva did absolutely the right thing. They did, you know, reported him and everything. And the DA wrote in the indictment, the girl came forward after reading the Let's Say Say So. Wow. So I, so I said, yeah, I got, I got goosebumps. When I, I mean, we, we, in the first year, we got over 50 communications from parents whose children either were stopped from abuse or, or exposed abuse that was going on. And, like, we knew we were on to something. And I said, you know, I was just talking to Eddie, to my lovely wife of 41 years. I said, you know, I, I want to just do a big push before the summer next year. And we were lining up, you know, things to do. And then this happened, and I said, go. We're going to go now. Right. You know, and so what we're trying to do is we got already, I mean, we're, we're trying to keep up with the requests. I mean, thank God we got probably requests for 15,000 books already. And, you know, and, and, and parents... We can to publish. And parents who... I mean, yes, and parents who fear that they can't address this issue, I would assume you would say to them, you know, this book takes care of most of that for you. Well, you know, look, the book, it's a process. You know, it's a, it's a tool. I think it's a very good tool, but it's part of the package. It's, a, it's about having real open relationships with your children. It's about teaching your children that they can talk to you about anything. If you're interested on my YouTube page, I just did a thing, a talk called Would Your, Child, Would your Kids Tell You? About having uncomfortable, about telling the kids they can talk to you about anything. We actually brought on our our uh, 26-year-old daughter, Star, our youngest, to talk. People asked the questions about what it was like growing up, where they could talk about anything. You know, so it's it's a it's a process. It's a tool. I think it's a very good tool, but it's part of a package, and it's not one conversation. It's about an ongoing discussion. So we're offering the book for five dollars a book with free shipping for for institutions. You know, for for any schools or for probably schools that are you know that are, the idea is that a sponsor, uh, um, you know, donates donates books, and the communities themselves can figure out how to how to give them out. I mean, just think about it. If you have a community of a thousand families, okay, with young children, even I'm saying if you have a community of a thousand right. families, it's five thousand right. dollars. That's about half of. It's, I, I went to a philanthropist once, and I, 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 we gave out 30,000 free books in Israel in the Kodeshon to the newspaper there um, for that people, me, families. And, and um, I went to a donor, and he said, you know, I told him what the cost was. I said, how many people asked you, God forbid, for rehab money for, for kids who were accused? How much do you spend on charity every year? It was over $100,000 a year that he was spending. I said, no, okay, help us out. Do that, too. You have to do that. 
please continue to do God bless you. But let's do what we can to protect them for a tiny, tiny fraction of the cost besides the, the broken lives and everything. So if anybody's interested, my email address is ryh at thebrightbeginningsplural.com. ryh at thebrightbeginningsplural.com. And um, we would love to work with you to, to, uh, to help you get, get the kids safer. And, and, you know, we should continue to talk about it. I, I, that's what we have to do. We have to use this horrible, uh, you know, incident as an opportunity to support survivors, to understand them, to stand with them, and to protect it from, you know, to protect our kids um, and make it a safer world for them. R-Y-H at thebrightbeginnings.com. R-Y-H, Rabbi Yanki Horowitz. R-Y-H at thebrightbeginnings.com. And uh, in terms of the um, uh, YouTube, social media, etc., cetera, uh, people could find um, uh, the videos and, uh, and the um, uh, different parenting uh, minutes and lessons and lectures uh, at Bright Beginnings and also at your name at Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz, right? Everybody, you know, at Yaakov, no rabbi. Oh, at Yaakov, <laughs> no rabbi. Horowitz, at Yaakov, Horowitz. On, on social media, on all the platforms, on, not all, you know, but uh, right. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, it's at Yaakov Horowitz, one A, and they can do that that email address. We also started, but we're actually just kicked off. We've been doing um, one uh, parenting clip um, a day. <laughs> You know, I, I realize nothing that I'm going to have to do a very different uh, class, you know, a different uh, for today's kids. Just a one-hour class, just, you know, <laughs> that dog ain't going to hunt. <laughs> so, so I reformatted my life, you know, and, and, and I'm, I do 59-second clips every day even since June. We're up to about 180 clips already. Wow. And a new topic a, a, a new topic a week. There's a lot of child safety there. Um, and um, and the, the idea is that uh, we give parents ed- education, but now we're doing, we just started Adolescence this Sunday. We're doing a six-month series, different parts of Adolescence, so explaining the theory to practice. Parents, it's free. I really, really, really encourage you to sign up, and you can sign up different ways. May I, may I give the information on that one? Sure, of course. Yeah, okay, so you can sign up a few different ways. You can go directly to our Instagram page, which is at Bright Beginnings Forum. It's at Bright Beginnings Forum. Um, you, can, um, you can do WhatsApp. You can subscribe there. We have over 3,000 subscribers there already. 845, just send a message to 845-540-2414. And just write the word subscribe. You get it to your phone. You can... If you find them boring, you can uh, unsubscribe at any time. Or we have an email list, and we actually have on Vimeo. You can go to Vimeo and do a search for right beginning. Uh, we purposely made this for Haredi families who have strict filters. And we see one of our governing principles is that we wanted our clips to go to, to all families should have access. So if you do just a search on Vimeo for right beginnings, um, you, you, you all go to uh thebrightbeginnings.com slash forward slash sign up. You can sign up for our daily clip or you can see them on Vimeo. Vimeo is, there's no pop up and usually it goes through virtually all filters. So that was, a, that was a, you know, it was important to us to get that to as many families as possible.
Rabbi Horowitz, um, um, I'm not sure this is fair to do to you at the end of this conversation, but I just I, I feel that you, you've probably answered this question so many times it may not be that difficult for you. Um, what about those who um, are concerned that in a case like this, and I'm specifically speaking about the Walder case, uh, who are concerned that there was fabrication, who are concerned that there was uh, not enough of an investigation, who are concerned that you know that e- even though you know a, a, a person raising this you know m- may not be a Walder sympathizer, uh, but they wonder about how people quote unquote jump to certain conclusions. Can I assume that when there's an overwhelming um, avalanche of evidence and accusers, uh, it is different than when someone randomly tosses out a comment about someone's behavior? Uh, yeah, so, so, so it's a very fair question, and, and we never want to go to a place where, um, where we jump to conclusions. You know, every person is entitled to defend themselves, and, and um, th- there are sometimes that people make uh, false allegations. However, and, and it's supposed to, I don't have to trust Yankee Horowitz, go look it up, go online. The, the, the research that, that overwhelmingly accusations are, are more than 95% of accusations are true. The, the, the exception to that is unfortunately when, when, when this child abuse allegations are abused horribly in custody battles and divorce cases, you know, there one side benefits. God forbid, nobody benefits. But right. I'm saying there's they a reason think for someone right. to make a false alle- an allegation. But if you, if you, if you think about what it takes for somebody to come forward, the humiliation and the pain and everything, and putting themselves up, standing against powerful people, it's pretty logical that you know it, it, it this doesn't uh, uh, come. And when you see multiple people, and when they talk about that it happened years ago. And they say, this is anecdotally, that they told someone six years ago about it, with one person in their life, let's say, and that person comes forward. So it's not something that they just thought of now, you know. Yeah. There, there are markers. And also, I mean, in this particular case, it depends on the, you know, Rav Shulman and Rav I don't know Rav Yahu well, he gave it to some in our book. But Rav Shulman is the, the go-to Godel in Pesach, in, in the Shalevi, uh, Diane in, in neighbor actually, he's 80 years old, he's a, a tremendous homophobic, and he's fearless about child safety issues. He gave us a letter. I get, I, he gave us a letter for our Yiddish book, and, and he, he, he asked me to please do it again, make it in Hebrew, and then he gave us another letter. So, you know, they reviewed it. He said 22 witnesses, people went forward online. But I, I, I want to just, I want to say specifically about this Walter case, because it didn't go through the process. But that's why I think people should go to the police. Because the police, they do, you know, they, they do it. And they know how to deal that's with why, it. Yeah, that's why you have to. People come to me, I have an allegation. I say, what you, I'm, not a, I'm not a forensic detective. Right. How am I supposed to know? Right. Uh, that's not what I do. I, you know, but, I, I, you know, when I, when I took my kids to baseball game, I used to, you know, there's a, there's a crack and there's a hit, ball hit to the outfield and everybody jumps up and says home run. I always told the kids, um, watch the outfielders and where they're standing. Right. If their back is to the wall, then you can stop screaming. It looks like a home run. But if everybody's applauding because the ball is high in the air and you see the outfielder, you know, 50 feet from the from the morning track, that ain't going nowhere. Right. So I, when when allegations come, it, it's often helpful to see how the people focus they are responding. Right. And and if the Atedna man took him off the staff, off the writing staff after many years, 
uh, they saw something also. You know, watch them. That's what I, I tell people. That's what I advise people to, to when, when, when looking at this world estate right away, uh, you know, uh, the fact that Morty Getz is a private citizen did this. He also did an incredible amount of homework uh, on his own. I know this personally. But especially the institutions. So Morty is, is one guy. He's a businessman. God bless him. And he put his money where his mouth is. And he, he took a difficult position for which, he's getting, <laughs> for which he's getting a lot of praise and a lot of other stuff. Right. But, but, um, but you look at what the people in the neighborhood did. Look at see he was he was on a radio show. He took him off the show right away. He was yeah. on, so you see that the people closest to the situation, and powerful people who have truth and could have protected him, didn't. Right. That tells you everything you need to know. It doesn't mean he's guilty, but it means <clears throat> you can assume that it's not just you know somebody flying off and making an allegation. Right. Understood. Can't thank you enough for your time. Can't thank you enough for helping those who are in really difficult situations. Uh, you're always standing side by side with those who have suffered in their lives at the hands of uh, of those who uh, uh, have that halo effect that you described earlier. And the call a vote to you. And if we could uh, be of any help in terms of encouraging more and more schools and schools and institutions and families getting the book, let us know because I think that that's an amazing start for those parents out there uh, teachers, faculty members who really want to get this conversation started. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nachum. Yashem you for all your great work and um, for always standing up for for right and just causes. Um, I'll be delighted to come back on and give you, a, give you an update in a while. I just want you to know I'm, I'm adding uh, 39 minutes to my uh, 36 hours at the end. <laughs> Guil- <laughs> like, guilty like, as charged. Hours, wall the free. <laughs> but, and by the way, parents out there, you might want to join. It's, it's, I, got a lot of, I got a lot of very positive feedback from parents and, and, and survivors that said, you know, that, 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 that they love this idea to just take off a little bit, go back to your life. This is all going to be waiting for you when you right. come back. And, so, and take a deep breath. Right. And, and educate your children and make, make it a safer world for our kids. Sometimes you need to take a drive and clear your head. <laughs> and, yep. I, and I think that that's sort of what you're suggesting. Thank you so much, Rabbi Horowitz. Yes, continued continued blessings and success. Thank you, Nachum. Be well. Rabbi Yanki Horowitz, everybody, on a very important Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM.